0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie podcast with me, your host Megan Tripp. Today, with me is friend of the podcast, Ollie Brady. Hi, Ollie, how are you?
1: Hello, Megan, how are you? I'm good. Uh, what, what was I gonna say, it's 2021. I, I think the last time I recorded with you was 2019, yeah, so like two years, a long time. Like, it's mad when you think about it, like, time just flies through. Uh, yeah. apparently, there was a pandemic last year,
0: oh, yeah, uh, a wee bit of a pandemic. Um uh, the but crazy things you know australia was on fire
1: at the beginning yeah. of the year yeah yeah um <laughs> sean like connery died Russia Russia at Russia
0: some stage and, um yeah quite quite a bit's gone gone on
1: <laughs> it was a big year um i left my house like seven times
0: mm, that's nice it, it
1: was nice one <laughs> of those times didn't even see anybody. It was nice. Just <laughs> wandering so around, going, "This is a lovely walk, and there's no people here. This is fantastic."
0: <laughs> yeah, i uh, i I worked from home for a bit, and then I worked from the office for a bit, and then somebody had COVID, and so I was oh, no. like, oh, I'll, I'll work from home again." <laughs> and so then I did, and then uh, I've only been going into the office if there's like a deadline and they want me physically there um but then i <laughs> i was there what was it last week and then people not from our office but clients came in and apparently one of them had covid so the people mm-hmm. they met with are now in quarantine yeah. and i'm like just cross the fingers like uh okay yeah. <laughs> but that's how i feel like this entire year like oh please no please no please no
1: <laughs> it's so strange when it happens like so i i i teach in a secondary school in ireland so it's like 700 kids or something and there's 50 mm-hmm. teachers so that building has 750 people in it every day and we've only ever had two cases from the entire school and you're thinking to yourself what? we're extremely lucky and we are like there's there's no statistically we should have had more cases we've just gotten very lucky from it but um my wife's working in a primary school like 20 miles away and they've had 40 cases and there might be 120 kids in that school. Oh, wow. And it's just because of the fact that they're littler kids and they're running around and you can't mm-hmm. tell a seven year old, Oh, don't hold hands with your best friend at break time because right. they're seven. They're just going right. to go out and hold hands with the best friend anyway. So that's it spreads wildfire. Whereas in our place, it's just a bunch of disaffected teenagers going, <laughs> Well, this is just an excuse to look at my mobile phone more. So
0: to-
1: <laughs> that's let's record good. a TikTok in our masks. That was the best. That's all they wanted to do.
0: Uh, well at least they're uh, adapting well to it
1: <laughs> like they're making an effort <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> oh boy so let's go on to the much happier topic of Rasputin the dark servant or
1: yeah I have a question of? about this before we do anything right? Mm. Rasputin the dark servant it's heavily implied he is working for God Right. In this movie, why is it called the Dark Servant of Destiny? I
0: uh, I don't know, because like Rasputin is always talked about as like being either a man of God or like some unholy person who was connected to like demons and stuff.
1: No, no, I agree. <laughs> that, what I'm saying is the people who've made this movie.
0: Yeah, they nailed their colours
1: to the mast. Um that he fully believes he's you know working with Jesus on his side and well, or at least the Virgin Mary. Yeah and well, you know, not that he would accept her as the Virgin Mary, because as we know, <laughs> God gave us the body, but it's our own to use, as he says in the movie <laughs> or whatever. Like it is just it's just such a bizarre choice to call it Dark Serpent of Destiny and then within two minutes three minutes of the movie starting have him have a vision of the virgin mary come to him and tell him to go become a priest it's just so just a random decision
0: yeah i mean i guess he's like a servant of destiny if you want and like because things go off the rails almost immediately i guess that could be the darkness even if it isn't you know of satan that's
1: true (laughs) Maybe it wasn't the Virgin Mary at all. Maybe it was like some evil (laughs) lurking inside him. Also, every time I say "Servant of Destiny" or you say "Servant of Destiny," it sounds like we're watching or we're talking about a video game. Like it's a really video gamey name. (laughs) It really is. Duke Nukem, Servant of Destiny.
0: (laughs) So um, we start in what is it, eighteen eighty-three? Well, we start start with. the ghost of Alexei.
1: it's who, so weird this, like,
0: <laughs> it's a strange choice <laughs> where he's just like i don't know why everyone hated us and wanted us dead uh and i don't know why everyone hated uh father gregory rasputin but they did and uh now i'm gonna tell you the story and then like they show you like a little bit of b-roll to like get you to understand that this story is going to take place and like the late 1800s, early 1900s. There's mm-hmm. going to be covering a little bit of the Russian Revolution and then we see um, Rasputin as a boy in a tavern and he like does this party trick where he's like, I know it's you're hiding behind your back.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's one step up from Venkman in Ghostbusters trying to get people to predict what card he's holding up.
0: Yeah, no, it's exactly that. <laughs>
1: Uh, the other thing that I think is interesting about this is that voiceover ends with him saying he saved my sister and my life.
0: Oh, does he? I that's that's he how saved my life.
1: My, my sis mine and my sister's life. That's what he says. Because uh, uh, I was watching it earlier, and I'm thinking he didn't really save either of the lives. Based on the end of the movie, like <laughs> <laughs> nobody's getting out of that room alive.
0: Hello? It was funny because later in the movie, you know, when uh, Alexi and Grigori are together and Grigori is is taking on the boy's pain and the boy is, is not negatively affected by his hemophilia in his leg. Um My mom, or maybe it was when he was bleeding from his nose, who knows. But um, my mom was like, oh, don't worry. He has to live at least until he gets murdered. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes mom, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we know how to sense
1: this is good <laughs> um how was uh how did you find the the casting of Gri- or the the young boy so he's alexi how did you find alexi as an actor
0: um i mean i thought everyone was good i kind of wish everyone had just been british you know like yeah. why pretend that you're British and then occasionally throw in a couple words that sound really Russian sounding <laughs> it was like just just be British it's fine
1: give me the vodka
0: style like it's good <laughs> hmm. what did you think of him
1: uh, I, he's just such a stri- it, he doesn't look like he could be Ian McKellen's son who's played his dad, Zara Nicholas or Greta Satch's son who's playing his man I don't see, like, I I really enjoy it in a movie where somebody goes out of the way to go, this is a character, this is a, this is the child version of this actor when Mm -hmm. they grow up. Or this is the offspring of these two people. And in this movie here, I don't think there's any relationship between them either. He looks more like, he looks like the kid from Big. Like, that's what I was, when I was watching, I was like, looks like the kid from big (laughs) um there's just nothing nothing about him I, i was just thinking uh i watched another movie there last week interstellar for the first time in 10 years or whatever time it came out and they cast a little girl in that with red hair who then grows up to be um jessica chastain and she looks like a young jessica chastain like it's it's almost eerie you're like this is brilliant and i understand like obviously Hollywood have more money and can go around and spend longer trying to find people or whatever but Mm. you'd think they would have made at least some effort to make the child look a little bit like one of like there's a lot of child actors out there but like his performance didn't really do anything for me so it was just kind of like he's there
0: yeah I don't know most of the time he's just I'm a sickly child I'm gonna just gaze out sadly you know (laughs)
1: Yeah, he's got and a he real. He
0: managed to do that.
1: He's funny. got a real Meg vibe, um, Meg from Little Women. Obviously, that's, that's oh. what I, whenever I'm referencing sickly children, it's Meg. I always think. And I was
0: thinking of a giant shark, and I was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> "Listen, if you want Jason going to come in here, but um,
0: yeah,
1: uh, uh, yeah, he, he actually, in fairness, like he does do good sickly child. He gives mm-hmm. good sickly.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we hear his voice. We see young Rasputin. He says that guy stole that other guy's horse. Obviously, that's like a hanging offense all over the place. I'm, I'm sure it's the same where they are. But everyone gets mad and they just beat this man to death. And Rasputin just kind of looks out the window like, "Huh, they really just says, beat that man to death." Right.
1: God is good.
0: Yeah, God is good. God is
1: good. Um, the other thing that he <laughs> says in, in all the
0: time, God is good.
1: So he accuses the guy of stealing the horse, stealing the horse, and then he says, um he says yeah let him deny it yeah but should the guy could have just said i didn't do it
0: yeah at first he doesn't say anything at all and then yeah. when he when people start like kind of crowding around him he starts denying it then but uh yeah.
1: he, he it's just such a weird thing like, earlier. yeah maybe just go hey this child is lying what the hell what sort of weird shit is this No, he's just, like, silence until they're beating him. And he's like, no, it wasn't
0: me. I bought the horse. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I don't know if it was his pride. Like, I don't even have to deal with that accusation. so ridiculous kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Look at this uh, weird kid. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, then we jump ahead 20 years, and now it's like, I don't know, 1910,
1: 1905, something
0: like that. Mm. And... uh, we have Alan Rickman as Rasputin, and he has crazy shaggy hair and a beard, and uh, he gets picked on by I don't know imperial guards or something. And
1: this is also another weird thing because the guy the guy comes up and asks him to predict something, and then Rasputin calls him an imbecile and says like you're an imbecile or whatever, and right. the other guards behind him start moving forward like they're gonna kill him. Like there's a, a real sense of threat. And then the head guard's like, no no, calm yourself down, calm yourself down, lads. And then ask him to do a trick. And then he spits in his face. Like Rasputin Rasputin does yeah. to do his face. Yeah. And they don't kill him on the spot. <laughs> like I don't I well, don't get it. Like, they whip him, but like whipping is whipping. Like shoot the man. <laughs> like he just spat in your face, give him a whipping. And they like, they knock over his cart, like, throw over his turnips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like such a petty little thing to do. It's like, oh, we knocked over your turnips. You're going to have to pick them up now, Rasputin.
0: Yeah, they're just like bullies and they're like making fun of him and throwing his stuff around because they're like, regards, what are you going to do to us? And he's like, I'm going to spit in your face. what I'm going to do. And they're like, all right, we're going to whip you and go away.
1: <laughs> Based on Alan Rickman's history, um, what he should have done. After he's bullied by those guys is, you know, spend six or seven years teaching that guy's kid while verbally abusing him and his friends for years and then die at the end.
0: <laughs> that does sound like an interesting... Uh...
1: It does sound like something Rickman would do. Yeah. Can you do a Rickman impression? Because I don't think I can.
0: Um, I, I can say the word No. No.
1: No. <laughs> I think my I might be able to get a <coughs> Weasley. I don't even think that would. That was more. I don't know what, that was more Professor Flitwick. Potter. Potter, you've got your mother's eyes and her firm buttocks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're a real jackass, like father, <laughs> Potter.
1: for the rest of this movie, every time I do an impression of Rasputin, I'm just going to do a Snape one. (laughs) Zah, Nicholas, you cannot make Polyjuice potion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, it's like my mom totally did not recognize that it was Alan Rickman. Because he doesn't say very much in that scene. And then he has this vision, so he's just like staring up in the sky And he he has this expression on his face like he's amazed and confused.
1: Yeah, when the um, dark servant of destiny literally sees the mother of God talking to him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we don't know what's going
0: on. Like, we Mm -hmm. we see his expression, so something's up. But, like, what? We don't know. What is he seeing? We, We have no idea. And then, like, the next scene, he goes to some city and he walks into the church during, like, mass and He's like, uh, I've seen the Virgin Mary and the person running the mass, I guess like a bishop or something. Yeah, he's a bishop. I don't yeah. know anything about, yeah, I I don't know anything about like the Russian Orthodox Church or really any Catholic Church. So.
1: <laughs> Wait, this is what? But Catholic Church are the know. best churches. We got all the mundane <laughs> and also yet crazy shit going on in it. <laughs>
0: I really like later, there's a guy with like super long candles and he's waving them around and it looks like he's going to like start raving in a second.
1: He's <laughs> just right. carrying these candles <laughs> like on the big long scepter thing. He's
0: like, where are you at? <laughs> I was like, go crazy guy. Like, that's great. Um, but uh, anyways he's like no you didn't see the virgin mary (laughs) like what are you talking about you're crazy and then he's like no i saw her her eyes were like violet and her skin was white and uh she spoke to me and then the bishop like touches him on his third eye like on his Mm -hmm, forehead mm -hmm. and is like you did see her and then everyone in in the church is like raising their hands towards him and they want to like touch him because he's seen the virgin and they're a hundred percent believing because the bishop said it was true
1: yeah and then that's him but he, he we get to hear stuff that yeah
0: yeah we get to hear um alan rickman speak a little more and my mom's like oh it's alan rickman because alan rickman <laughs> always sounds like alan rickman doesn't matter sounds, in this
1: action, he's he sounds like <laughs> he sounds like alan rickman doing an alan rickman impression. Like because because he's trying to put in a Russian accent, so it just sounds like a bad Alan Rickman. So he's like, "Mm, "The the Virgin Mother touched me." Like, you don't sound like that. What if? What is this? That's it's a bad impression of yourself, Alan. But um, it's good. Like he's he's Rickman. He's Rickman, and then he go and he does a good job of what Rickman does. does.
0: It's so great because everyone's impression of of a Russian accent in this movie is like if i would just a little lower. And, yes, uh, and I, these are Ws every now and, and then. It's yeah. Russian. <laughs> yeah, that's what Ian McKellen does. I really hit like mm-hmm, and like rolling R's like, <laughs> and then everything else is like very British. <laughs> it was. It, it, it was so confusing at one point i i forget who it is like the prime minister or someone comes in and he's like oh someone's here to talk to you and he's speaking to the czar and i just thought oh it's an ambassador for england or something that's walking around because he comes in with the really british so accent yeah he's supposed to be russian as well <laughs> that's
1: a bit that's after he heals um alexi for the first time and the president comes in and looks at him like is this piece of shit on your table like and uh and Rickman <laughs> just looks at him doesn't even say anything just looks straight at me like, yeah come
0: on no, yeah there's a lot of intense glaring that goes on in
1: <laughs> it's a bit so, later on where the guy says you can't uh you can't hypnotize me <laughs> and I was like oh maybe that's what he's been doing yeah, the entire I movie that. oh yeah yeah
0: yeah um so he's a priest but like he hasn't actually gotten like official like he hasn't matriculated up into being a priest and he like uh is cool with getting like a fancy apartment when he gets it later and definitely is super into the flesh and will drink it up and sex it up every mm-hmm, long day mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's, uh,
1: he's described as being you. as drunk as a, a boiled owl at one stage that's yes! that's how to put. He says that man's as drunk as a boiled owl. Okay.
0: And it was like the most British-sounding phrase I'd ever heard. You're as drunk as a boiled owl. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> I'm you Russian. Have made that any taller? I'm very Russian. It was very strange. Also, is that like a delicacy? In, I've in never even heard of
1: boiled. Honestly, it's like
0: An owl and wine.
1: Like, but why would it be drunk? Like dead, <laughs> oh, yeah. dead, wouldn't it? Hopefully, <laughs> he's as drunk as that dead bird over there.
0: I don't know, very strange. So, um, I don't know. Word gets around that this guy can like heal people and is like magical. And
1: you said word gets around, and I wanted to go into Hamilton lyrics. It's like that this kid was insane, man. <laughs>
0: I mean, nothing's stopping you from keeping. No, no, no. There's, there's a lot it. of things
1: stopping me from rapping <laughs> Hamilton. Um, most notably the fact that I'm glowing in the dark right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Alexi is in bed. He has a sore leg. He's uh, hemophiliac. He's gotten his disease from his mother. His mother feels really guilty. I don't know. Does she feel guilty that she has hemophilia? Or is she, does she feel guilty that she had children knowing she could pass on her hemophilia?
1: I'd say she probably feels guilty knowing that she is causing it. Because herself and the girls won't have hemophilia. They'll just be carriers. Right. Um, but any of their kids, if they're boy children, would be able to be hemophiliacs. Because I don't, I don't think
0: girls can be hemophiliacs because I think you're right
1: because the first time they have her period like that would be the end of it <laughs> like you can't <laughs> stop there you can't try. stop the bleeding um yeah so I think so I'm assuming she feels guilty that she's passed it on to her son like as in it's a fit but her husband had to be a carrier too so you know what I mean like yeah. it's not all well, it's her recessive. fault it's a recessive gene so it's at least half his fault too yeah. But anyway, she feels guilty that, yeah. it, like, she's Which causing the death. Get,
0: but, like, if you're royalty and you're supposed to be, like, bringing countries together and whatever through your marriage, like, did you really have a choice? Like, you were going to have to marry somebody.
1: That's true. And, and she's... you were probably
0: going to marry a distant cousin and it, you were probably going to have, like, some sort of weird disease that you were going to pass on to your kids, because that's what yeah, happens. she's in German as natural.
1: well, isn't she? something like that
0: yeah she's German. Yeah. not that so, it matters because again she doesn't have a German accent
1: <laughs> no because she's Italian <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so she's not going to be able to master that but then um, yeah I'm speaking English in a German accent when I'm a base Italian like it doesn't make right. any sense but um no, no, no yeah no. so so we're get just getting at it, it's like there would have been a lot of alliances between Russia and Germany at that stage because they were too Right. Expanding powers. So, like, there's no way she was going to be able to say, No, I can't get married and have kids. Right. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, there were forces beyond her individual comp- control. And obviously, they want a boy child because they want an heir to the throne. Mm. So, she's both falling down on the job by giving birth to a hemophiliac child, but also fulfilling her role as a monarch by
1: having a child. A, like, that is what throne. your job is. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: That's why she's there so anyways she shouldn't feel guilty but she does because guilt is not a logical thing and her child is dying and he's like what 12 yeah um so she's feeling more and more desperate um i think like hemophiliac, hemophiliacs tend only to live to like their teenage years like they it very few people Managed to live that long without disease, so they're trying to keep it under wraps. The fact that he's sick, um, but it just causes rumors and stuff. And then they they bring in not Gregory, Grigor. What's his name? What
1: Grigor? Grigor. There we go. Yeah, Rasputin.
0: And uh, he he has a what do you call it? a carriage, come grab him and he still looks crazy looking, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the guard is like a, a wretch like you is going to the palace and then um, when he goes in, he like calls the Tsarina mama.
1: <laughs> yeah, and she's like repulsed by him and he's like "You do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in the virgin Mary? <laughs> and all this stuff. And she's like, dude, calm your Being pretty intense here, dude. Yeah, and then he does the same when the czar walks in, calls him like "papa."
0: Uh huh. And he um like gets on his knees and like presses his hand against uh, his face against her hand, and like you're not supposed to touch royals unless they Mm -hmm. initiate it, and like they won't. And so he's just like, "No, I'm like your son." And I'm like clinging to you and I'm going to help your son. And she's like so desperate at this point that she's like, okay. <laughs> let's let's do this.
1: Yeah, so and then they bring him in to see Alexi on the bed looking as pale mm-hmm. and sickly as any child has ever looked.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And they don't tell him about the leg, but he knows about the leg. And he's like, how's your leg feeling? And Alexi says that it hurts, and so then he's like, "Imagine you're at the seaside, and you can see the face of God in the sun." And
1: hmm.
0: then he like limps away because he's taken away the child's pain in his own leg.
1: And that's what we're, I you know, we mean, that's what the movie is clearly implying has happened here. So go, okay, because the next morning, Alexi wakes up and he's fine, and they show closer, well, a close-up. Yeah, we're not close-up; they no show his there. leg. Yeah, and his leg is in bits. Like it looks like he's got gout and internal bleeding. And then he wakes up the next morning. He's like, "Oh, I got a normal twelve-year-old's leg. Look at this; it's cool."
0: <laughs> and uh, the czar talks to I don't know who that guy is, like prime minister or something. And he's yeah. like, "He's been Peter on I think for like he a week.
1: Oh yeah, so he talks uh, to the doctor first. That's Doctor Butnik.
0: Oh okay.
1: And he's and like, I've put like, him on he's stuff.
0: Been yeah. On medication. yeah, for like a week. So you know, it doesn't work immediately. So that that's why he's doing better. And the czar is like, I know that that man went in, and when he the next day, my son is healed. So I'm gonna believe that it was the priest, that weird priest that we had come in.
1: As you would, like, I, like yeah. especially back then, you're probably gonna like, my son is dying, and then dude shows up and goes. I just have to pray to Jesus. I'm going to limp out now. Oh, he's better. Happy days.
0: Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) And, um, oh, when uh, Rasputin leaves, he, like, yells at that guard, like, does a wretch, like, uh, place his face at the waist of of the Tsarina? Like, does he call her mama? Like, all this stuff basically like i'm not a wretch so he has like yeah. obviously a chip on his shoulder and i'm gonna be, to be living here man.
1: soon boy
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so i don't know what happens next do they invite him over for dinner yeah so right? the next
1: the next scene is uh he goes and picks himself up a prostitute and then the zarina calls oh, right. him in the next morning and says my yeah. son has been healed so she meets him in a church and this is where he tells the Zarina that the reason the boy is sick is because her faith isn't strong enough and again he puts his hands on yeah. her forces her down onto her knees and says like you need to well not even repent you just need to pray harder and let the boy out and have exercise and that will help with his haemophilia unfortunately and that's not how you cure haemophilia um but that's what he decides is going to happen and we get like a little montage of uh alexi having you know fun times in the snow and on roller skates and stuff like this Mm -hmm. and um uh we then see gregory or gregor or whatever his name is (laughs) resputing getting a room for himself in the in the palace
0: yeah that was um probably one of the most surprising things like this crazy man even though yes he has What you think completely cured your son like inviting him into the palace like that that is like major mistake number one i think
1: (laughs) it's a it's a pretty big mistake yeah yeah um and then we get the dinner scene which is yeah weird and hilarious but i'm not even (laughs) sure if it's intentionally hilarious it's just like it's something else excuse me And I apologize to your listeners for just burping there. Um, (laughs) But but this is my issue with Rasputin. And I know this is probably realistic, but based on the movie we just watched, right? So let's just say you'd never heard anything about Rasputin before. Sure. He has suddenly moved up in the world and doesn't bother to get his hair cut, clean his beard, have showers regularly, change his wardrobe. He's still just living. He's in a palace Living in his own filth. Yeah. It still looks dirty, he still looks like I guarantee you, if he walks into a room, he stinks. Oh yeah. And there's there's no explanation of it of for why this is in the movie. It's not like I am doing this because it brings me closer to God. Like you know the way you hear some hermit monks talk about that sort of stuff, and I I'm casting out, you know, looking after my own flesh because it's not important, it's only my spirituality that's important. But Rasputin is clearly not throwing out his desire for fleshly things in this
0: since (laughs) he's
1: enjoying wine and good food and stuff like it's just it's just such a it's a weird mishmash of decisions the production people have made is like yes he's moving up in the world but we're going to decide that he's not going to clean up we're never going to explain why he doesn't ever have a shower or a bath yeah whereas you'd think the first thing that somebody would do now that they're in money would be straight into a bat and then get your makeover scene. Like yeah. this is me ramping into the court and I've got my little Van Dyke beard as opposed to a scraggly beard mm-hmm. and I'm wearing trendy new robes so that you can just go back and be like, I almost said like, walk up to somebody at a shop and go, do you remember you refused my plastic? Big mistake. <laughs>
0: Or at least like a Russian equivalent. Montage with like pop music. Yeah, that's what I mean.
1: Like that's the when he that's when he should robe, go back like a
0: different type of robe.
1: <laughs> that's when he should go back to the guy at the uh, at the gates and be like, "Would a wretch wear a jacket like this?"
0: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think they want us to like always look at him like, "Oh, this man's crazy," and so they're like, "We'll give him crazy hair and crazy beard," and you'll be like, "That guy's crazy." But well, I mean, everyone else in such is, an erratic way.
1: Yeah, but everyone else is just so accepting. Like, Oh, yeah. If you're going to look so at him as being crazy and show him as being crazy, then don't just have people go, oh, he's a little bit eccentric. Like, <laughs> they should have full-out revulsion and hatred for him. Whereas all of the family, with the exception of the dad, like even, even when he starts telling the story about being in the Greek monastery and seeing, as he says, two monks as naked as nature... And one was behind you, and he's about to tell a story about clearly two monks getting it on. And he's telling Mm -hmm. this at the dinner table. And everyone's just kind of like, with the children there. there. (laughs) And they're just kind of like, oh, well, look away. This is a story where this is going. Mm -hmm, I'm not sure if this is going. Like, he even talks about how on his entire walk from Siberia to St. Petersburg, he, uh, and I didn't touch my own flesh once. So, like, he's literally, that's a, a wanking joke. Like I didn't jerk yeah. off. And all of the girls <laughs> at the table because... recognized what he said. Like
0: Yeah. Yeah, I when he said that I was like, does that mean what I think it means, or does he mean that he didn't bathe the entire time? Because it seems like he's saying he didn't bathe the entire time. <laughs> That's what I was
1: hoping. But the way he throws it out, it was most definitely <laughs> I was uh like, oh, no. no. <laughs>
0: It is what I think. I yeah. Hmm. Okay. Good. Good for you. I guess.
1: Well, Why well done. <laughs> We're proud of you.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was doing what was it? No FAP November. No FAP no, cool, What?
1: What is it? It's not Nofap, No FAP. No Nut November. That's what it's
0: no, called. No Nut November. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <That's> disgusting. <laughs> Also, the idea record, that anyone would first laugh. time I've ever been in a podcast and said nut.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad I could usher that moment in for you. Potter,
1: nut. <laughs> I of Newton, nut.
0: It's so strange that. <laughs> oh, and he does like, you know that scene in Beauty and the Beast where the Beast like can't use utensils because he has like this giant makes, he paws just uses and so hands. he's like <laughs> and uh well essentially Rasputin does the same exact thing with his human hands he's like I can't be bothered with this cutlery I'm gonna like slurp out of a bowl and use my hands to like grab food from the center instead of using like serving utensils it appears to be a
1: uh, cooked potato he pick up so the next time you're yeah. having dinner, a person listening to this, just imagine you just stuck your hand into some mashed potatoes and just picked it up with your fingers. Good times.
0: <laughs> Alexei thinks it's hilarious, and so he does it himself, and uh, the girls kind of titter and whatever. The czar is getting more and more angry, and then he t- says all that sexual stuff, and the czar's like, get out of here. Get out so of my house. Like, this is." Drags him off. Uh... Like, Yeah. <laughs> tells him off and i was like yeah no he needs to be told off it's ridiculous he can't talk well, it's,
1: it's even beyond that like realistically if you're in like if i went to visit queen elizabeth ii right and she oh brings gosh, me over yeah. to buckingham palace for dinner again and she's like ollie come on over we'll sit down at the table and <laughs> i just start eating with my fingers and then making uh oh hey prince andrew your son." China, like if i made if I, you make that comment or any sort of sexual comment they're gonna take you out back and shoot you it's 2021 and they'd take you out back and shoot you and we're to believe that he's like sitting talking about stuff he shouldn't be talking about at any dinner table really in front of children no and the czar just goes just get out like you're you're not living with us anymore Good luck."
0: look naughty naughty
1: yeah effectively that's what yeah.
0: it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the Tsarina is like, we have to look after him because he's the only one who can keep our son safe, and she already feels so guilty and believes that it's her lack of faith. So she's like, I have to believe in him and I have to believe in God, and we have to take care of him, and this is the only way we can save our son. Yeah. Um. But the Tsar is like, I don't know about this dude, and it's like, yeah, no, you should follow that that intuition. This guy's bad. Bad news.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then while he's gone uh alexi gets a nosebleed that's oh, i think that's right. a, that's they what happens to next yeah
0: church.
1: yeah uh-huh. and he maybe has a vision i think of like a white dove or something know. and then he gets a nosebleed he's looking up anyway yeah. and then he gets a nosebleed maybe don't look up yeah, so Looking he's
0: looking up <laughs> think and about that, that. that's where we see the guy with the <laughs> that's where we see the guy with the, the candles going crazy yeah. it was a lot of fun a lot of chanting and uh then he gets rushed away and uh we see the nephew of the tsarina and he's like all eyes you know he's just like mm-hmm. given looks everywhere like i'm gonna be a plot point later look at me yeah face. He, it's
1: definitely a, a look a <laughs> close up on this one random guy's face you know like it's all about (laughs) and then I was watching him I was looking at him going I know this guy from something I know him from something I know him from something and he comes back later on in the movie and I was watching him going I know this guy from something and I could not I just could not picture who it was and then I don't know if you've watched any of the Star Trek Discovery show so I started watching Star Trek Discovery I'm not a big Star Trek guy but I started watching that and he plays Spock's dad in ah. the structure. and he looks the exact same. So it's twenty seven years later, or twenty six so years later, uh, with the exception of a little bit of like Vulcan makeup. He looks exactly the same as he did in twenty five years. So he must be one of those, you know, Rob Lowe type, like this guy is not aging vampire, backwards vampire stuff, or whatever it is like.
0: Mm-hmm. Or maybe we all should just be wearing Vulcan makeup because apparently it just deages you.
1: I would go for that. I would, I would do it right now. <laughs> get rid of the because they don't I mean, have fish. Like... So get rid of the fish. Get rid of my beard. Point my ears. Marble white uh-huh. skin at all times.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they bandage up his nose to try and stop the bleeding. Of course, the bleeding won't stop. And um, even though they've sent him away, uh, the Tsarina is like, we need to get Grigor back. <clears throat> so they do. And wait, is this where he's on the phone or is he like there in person? No, this
1: is, this is the one before the phone. So this is the first time he's oh. been sent away by the czar. Uh They bring him back in. This is the one where uh, Alexi has what I call the uh, cartoon character has a two-tick bandaging. Yeah. So where they bandage a circle around your head. And then they just put a strip across his nose to collect the blood. Yep. It is the least effective looking set of bandages I've ever seen in my life. Like, like I'm bleeding from the nose. Maybe stick something up the nose to, to <laughs> absorb the blood. Don't wrap around his chin.
0: Yeah. I mean, the chin strap is to, like, secure the across the nose thing. But it's just like collecting the blood. It's not stopping the yeah. flow.
1: It's not stopping <laughs> anything. It's... No. Okay. Yeah. But as your mom said, we know he has to survive. Because he, right. <laughs> he needs to get murdered later. He
0: needs to get murdered later. So, Grigor comes back and he's like, oh, yeah, you're looking at the sun and the sea and whatever. And uh, then he like falls asleep and he's bleeding glass. The doctor explains it as like if you're calm enough, you're um, heart rate decreases and yeah. you're going to be bleeding less. So that, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, your heart um, goes down. And so you're going to bleed less. But I mean, it I mean, I still sounds like Jesus was involved.
0: Well, that's what the Sarina certainly believes. Um, And then he leaves. This is
1: where <laughs> Dr. Botnick, um, and the president start uh, watching. Um, so what happens is because Tsar Sa- Sa- Alexander, or sorry, Tsar. So Nicholas, yeah. So his son is Alexei, and they're worried that he won't be an acceptable Tsar if it's known he's sick. Right. Right. So the doctor and the president come to him and say, "You know, we should tell the people that he's sick." Mm -hmm. And then Nicholas is like, no, because he's actually not sick. He's being cured and he's constantly healed by, um, what do you call him? Uh, Grigor. uh, Rasputin, right? So by Grigor. And then they had to plan to watch Rasputin because they know he's been up to some shady stuff with prostitutes or whatever it happens to be. And that's where we end up with the scene with him. I was going to say seducing the lady who comes to him but this is deeply uncomfortable. like yeah it is...
0: yeah he tries to do things she's like nah and then he's like no it's really s- spiritual because i'm a man of god so you're gonna um experience this like whole euphoria that only i can give you and then you're going to experience the grace of God when you ask for forgiveness for sinning and you need to experience the grace of God and the only way to do that is to sin first. And it's yeah, like he so read weird. that verse from the Apostle Paul where it's like, should I sin all the more then? And he's like, yes, and he closed the book and he didn't that's see it, the like, yeah. by no means that's right next to it. But um, yeah, he's. it's interesting because, I don't know, have you seen um, the documentary about that cult nexium
1: i saw a little bit about it yeah yeah
0: it's it's interesting because ranieri kind of does something similar he doesn't use christian tradition he uses like eastern religion traditions but he's yeah. essentially saying the same thing like the way to experience you know euphoria forgiveness or, is to or spirituality first. is yeah. to have sex with me and it's like it's a disgusting line that's been used for literally probably centuries at this point.
1: Yeah, and then afterwards, a lot of the that I think she's described as a princess, but a lot of though the the other ladies in waiting are all lining up to get you know a little bit of fun time with Rasputin because yeah. basically told one of them that he is if he, so he uses the phrase "if you kiss me, you kiss God." If you yeah. lay with me, you lay with God, like and that so then all of these other Russian ladies are lining up, and that's when they go back and tell the Tsar Nicholas again, it's like, well you know he's he's after banging your cousin, um, <laughs> and a lot of other girls, In the, other little the little women through, at the window, and they're watching him through the window, you are like, "Oh my God, um so that gets around, and then that's the second time Nicholas kicks them out of the palace, yeah, you're gone, boy, you can't be doing this."
0: And they, I think they send him all the way to Siberia, don't they?
1: They send him to Siberia. and Like, that's he's not allowed
0: to be in the city anymore.
1: Yeah, that's why the next time he gets sick, um, when Alex gets sick, they have to f- phone him. And yeah. he does it over the phone. And we, he gets kicked out that time. Um, oh no, it's the next time he gets kicked out is the scene where he's like, you can't hypnotize me, Rasputin.
0: Mm-hmm. Do we get the scene with... The nephew before he gets uh, sent off to Siberia, or is that after?
1: Which which one?
0: There's one where he's like at a I don't know some sort of social event, and there's like travelers and aristocrats. Yes,
1: that's that's just after the scene where he has, he sleeps with her. So it's the first. It's before he goes to Siberia.
0: Okay, so he's he's at this event he's dancing with these travelers aristocrats including the woman he's just had sex with and he like is annoyed that she's pretending that she's not cheating on her husband and with hasn't. Him, yeah yeah and so he decides oh i'm just gonna kiss her on the mouth in front of her husband and then of course she's appalled and so is everybody yeah. around and um then the nephew feels like everyone's saying that he and the czarina are having an affair and so he like tries to stand up for his cousin or whoever on i guess because he's the nephew um and then Grigor's like i like you're pretty but i prefer prefer women or something
1: yeah (laughs) so weird
0: and it's like are you insinuating that he's gay to try and like emasculate him in front of a group of people or are you yeah and and it
1: kind of works
0: yeah because
1: he backs down straight away and he's got like later on he's got that typical mid-90s if this this might be a gay character so he's non-committal and is like Mm. kind of abhorrent to the violent like he shoots later on when he shoots um Rasputin because that's who he does it it's Felix right and right. he shoots Rasputin and he's doing it, this thing where he's holding the gun like he's never held a gun before and he's thinking, mm. this this guy has held a gun this guy has probably shot peasants like <laughs> it's not going to be like oh, shaky hands like it's, I, I think that's what they're going for is uh, Rasputin knows what's in his heart basically.
0: right because he's a magical dude who knows he's a
1: magical dude <laughs> Stop. but he gets sent to Siberia
0: Oh, uh, well, yeah. let's not gloss over the fact that he's like, I'm a great man, and that he wiggles his willy in front of him.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to gloss over that, but <laughs> yes, let's talk about him wiggling his willy around. Check out
0: my willy! <laughs> and that's the end of the scene, and it was like, uh, okay. McConnell, <laughs> get
1: over here and look at this. <laughs>
0: i don't know i don't know if that's like an actual account that was written about him and they were like i guess we have to put it in or if they were like that'd be fun
1: <laughs> that would be funny he's a weird dude let's do this but yeah but he ends up getting banished again um and then alexi gets sick again and the doctors can't do anything for him so they get rasputin on the phone and rasputin does the same thing He just basically calms him down to, yeah. to relax think about sailing and God is with you. And then Alexei gets better. So they they send for Rasputin to come back.
0: Yeah. And there's like all these um like tabloids, like not like tabloids, but like images that get circulated where it has Rasputin and um the czar Tsar and Tsarina yeah. and she's like naked and so everyone's thinking that he's living in the palace because there's something yeah, sexual he's been going on.
1: Lover of the Russian queen.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, also, you know, the revolution is fomenting, and so they're like, we need to like be very strong, and we can't be, you know, seen as foolish. And you're making everyone look foolish, so you should keep them away. But he he sends for him anyways because, you know, he seems to yeah. be helping his son.
1: And that's the only thing, is, is at least Tsar Nicholas at least is showing that he cares about his kids in this because he is saying, "Yeah, well, that might be one thing, but we're, you know, I want my son to be healthy and alive so we can ignore the rest. Like, yes, he's bad news or whatever, but we can do it. And that's when the nobles start plotting because they see Rasputin as bad press for the rest of the nobles.
0: Um... Ferdinand is shot. The. What is it? <clears throat> Austria is going to uh, march on Serbia.
1: Mm-hmm. And so we basically find out that World War One has started. It
0: started, yeah. Mm. And um, they, they feel like he should stay in St. Petersburg um, because of uh, the. The radicals there. Um, but. Um, Rasputin says that he should. Go. Uh, to the front lines. or And and so he does. And it's obviously the wrong choice.
1: <laughs> yeah. And. he uh, When he comes back. There's a like, like hundred thousand. Soldiers die in like one battle. And yeah. it's linked to Rasputin. Like we, we blame Rasputin, and at this point, he stops seeing the Virgin Mary. Like he says, he's he's lost his powers, or he doesn't see her anymore. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but the, like he still has some standing because they don't kick him out of the palace at this point.
0: Right. I'm beginning to forget exactly what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's pretty much what happens. Um, in between. The Russian president and another one of the Russian nobles come to try and convince the Tsar to go to war. And the president doesn't want them to go to war, and one of the other nobles does. Like he's, he's one of the people in the army, but he's like a cousin of the Tsar, all right. So he has no like proper military training or whatever. And um, the president is advising against it, and the Tsar isn't making the decision, and then at they go to uh I'm assuming it's meant to be an opera performance, and he and the president of Russia gets like the full John Wilkes boot treatment of getting shot in the back of the head by somebody in you know while watching a play. And that's that's how it leads to Russia going into World War One. So mm. there's no there's no Russian thing. But I wanted to bring up with that is the rest of the music is all orchestral. Yeah. And in that one scene, there's a weird synth soundtrack.
0: Yeah,
1: and it comes it's very
0: nineties.
1: Like, it is super. It's like it starts off with like a little bit of opera kind of music in the background, and then it's like a. Like sound like, what the fuck? what is it? It's but it's like nineties passed through like an eighties synth filter, playing over you think like, just play a bit of opera music
0: yeah it was such a strange choice because like what there's um there's a hitchcock film where there's like a bomb or something that's gonna go off at like the very loudest part of some concerto or something yeah and like it's so tense and like they didn't have to do anything to it you know because the piece of music
1: the piece of music shows
0: was was already tense and you already had like the context of like oh no (laughs) so like they they could have done that here because we already had the premonition that russ putin had that like you're gonna get shot from behind well he doesn't say shot he's just like look out someone behind you death is behind you death is behind you so like we already know this guy's gonna get it from behind either from a knife or like whatever
1: or from one of those monks from Greece.
0: (laughs) but um like we we already are like primed to be like oh no it's gonna happen and so we don't really need, like, this soundtrack to be, like, this is very tense. And, like, no other part in the movie do they try to, like, indicate something is tense by this sort of music. Like, it's not yeah, like it's we've just, ever heard anything like this before in the movie. And it's, like, comes out of nowhere. In.
1: <laughs> and if you've ever watched an, a late 80s, early 90s thriller. Yeah. You know exactly what type of music I'm going to talk about. Like, when I go, <laughs> it's literally that. Like, it's, yeah. it's this synthy... <laughs> it's not a horror movie like stop doing this Um. but then yeah so that's, that's how we get into world war Rasputin goes to the front lines when he shouldn't so the people, the populace who are the ones dying are yeah. angry at Alexandra and Rasputin so the rest of the nobles get together and go listen Rasputin is bringing so much bad press on us we have to get rid of him so they lead to the getting rid of rasputin scene which is basically rasputin is in his room uh he hasn't seen the virgin mary in a while but he gets a phone call from felix who says that his sister oh, is that, feeling he,
0: Ill. yeah he before that he uh talks to um the tsarina and, and the bishop and he admits i haven't seen the virgin mary in a while i don't feel her presence and then she's like well did you see her with her your eyes or in your mind kind of trying to say if you see her with your eyes then it's like a true vision from God and if you see her with your mind then you're just crazy but I'm like that's not really how visions work like (laughs) you see with your mind unless it's physically in front of you and then you see with your eyes Yeah, unless the ripped
1: comes down and physically touches me I'm seeing with my mind
0: right yeah so it's like I don't know why you would make that distinction but she does and he's like I did see her with my mind but it's all the same and she's like no get out of here so he's already primed to know like oh my yeah. my days are numbered. And
1: yeah. then so he, gets he knows he's getting kicked out of the palace. And then he gets this one from Felix and he's like, I'll come, I don't want it. no, I'm not gonna go. And then Felix says, You know, she's the Tsar's niece too. Uh or you know, yeah, his niece. He says, She's the Czar's niece too. And then um Rasputin says something along the lines of, Well, I'll come in three days then. And then Felix goes, Well, she's going away tomorrow. So if you're going to see her, you're going to have to come tonight. And then Rasputin's like, fine, I'll come tonight. But you can see he knows something's up. So he leaves a letter before he goes off on his little, little jaunt down to see Felix and his sister.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if he hadn't had that meeting with Zarina where he knows like, oh, my days here are numbered. Like that is such a weird phone conversation. I need you to come now. She's so sick. Also, she's leaving tomorrow when we haven't changed our travel plans at all. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> despite the
1: fact that she's so sick. Also, right. I am the person who has publicly outed you and shouted at you and said that you are nothing but scum. And I've never said anything good about you at all at any stage. But please, I believe in you now.
0: Right. <laughs> but like, Rest, Rest Putin doesn't feel like he can say <coughs> no either. So he's like, all right, I'll go. So he goes and then he gets, um, they they go down to the basement and he's like, all right. <laughs> and he's like, no, really, we had we spend a lot of time in the basement. This is. Totally yeah, fun. I
1: live in the basement because my parents house. are upstairs. Yeah.
0: Right, and it's like, no, you don't. But then they go. Down so to basically, the what we're
1: saying is, Felix lives in his mom's basement.
0: Yeah. Which no, he doesn't.
1: So <laughs> no. he's up he's up a, a book, grind. Right? What
0: are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. He doesn't know the basement. So then they go down to the basement. No one else is around, and uh, Rasputin's like, "Where's your wife?" And and he's like, "Oh, she's entertaining other people, and mm. she'll be down later." And he's like, "All right." And then he gets offered wine, and so he takes uh, Felix's wine instead of the wine extended to him because he's like, "I don't trust you," and um, he he drinks a lot. Um, and felix
1: leaves cakes on the table yeah. which are laced with cyanide and a i gotta say
0: cyanide.
1: a ton of cyanide i gotta say those things look delicious like I, I i only watched it there this morning and um like literally right before we recorded this episode and i was watching him eating those cakes going i'd crush a donut right now <laughs> crush a cream donut like give me give me one of those like they genuinely look delicious and he is knocking them back oh yeah and uh and he was and felix had been told like this is their list was signed. one bite and he'd be instantly dead and he just eats them and then yeah. felix goes back upstairs to get more wine ostensibly and talks to the poisonist and he's poisonist. okay talks, talks <laughs> sure. to the, the, the person who had supplied the poison the I'm poisoner the
0: doctor yeah the
1: doctor yeah and uh the doctor says um This is pure cyanide. Just put it into his wine. So Peter comes down and pours it into the wine decanter and then gives uh, Rasputin another glass. Rasputin drinks it and is totally fine again. (laughs) But the fact he's just after drinking like wine that's been this with cyanide. So at this point, Felix and the doctor, like maybe he has been sent by God, but Felix gets given a gun. He goes downstairs and he takes a long time to shoot Rasputin in the chest. And Mm -hmm. then watches him, uh, what they think is, they think he dies. But it turns out he didn't die from getting shot and poisoned. (laughs) And he's alive. It's like, this is a scene from a horror movie. This is where the show had (laughs) the music (laughs) over the background. It's like Michael Myers Rasputin is back, but uh,
0: he's not dead. Yeah. It's funny because you could really play this scene as, a horror scene or as a comedy scene, like <laughs> it's so crazy. And this is like the one thing I know about Rasputin is they they try to kill him multiple times, and the man just would not die. Um, yeah. but I i love the part where he's shot like, <laughs> well, he drinks the wine and then he starts like saying, I really love this cabinet, can I have it? <laughs>
1: yeah, he's like, because he's he's three sheets he's of the so way, you know what, drunk that guy. <laughs> Is as drunk as a drowned owl at that point, right? And he is, <laughs> a as we owl, see over oh here, look <laughs> as, as a drowned owl. And he's over like, I like this, the lines on this cabinet; it's beautiful. Can I have it? <laughs> like, <laughs> as you do when you go into somebody's house. Like. <laughs> Megan, I love that uh, that behind you, the, the the light fixture on your ceiling. You think you can oh yeah, just that over man. to me. Oh sure, <laughs> and send it to me.
0: Oh, but it's just so funny, and then he gets shot. And he has the most extravagant death scene I've ever seen. I was laughing so much. He weird. Alan
1: Ripmans it up.
0: So much. He like spins around and then he like starts toppling and then he finally falls and he's like making all these noises and he's grabbing at himself. Oh, it's great. It's beautiful.
1: I this morning when I got up, um the first thing I had to do was I was on Sarah's medieval podcast. And we talked about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So I just listened to myself talking for two hours about Alan Rickman and <laughs> then watched, well, then I went and had a couple of things to do. Then I came back and watched the, the movie and it was just like my entire day has been Alan Rickman with him. <laughs> oh, like, don't get me wrong. And if any of you listen to the medieval episode, I love Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, right? But Alan Rickman is in a different movie to everybody else in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling, we're doing a straight action movie, and he is—he is in an action comedy. Like, it's brilliant, and it's an amazing performance. But
0: it does not match anything else. It
1: does not match literally anything. Like Michael Wincott is Gear Gisborne is like, "I'll kill him," <laughs> and then Rickens <laughs> we started going, "Yes, get me two women for later." Like, <laughs> don't don't have the two conversations tonight. But anyway, um, uh... in this scene, he is sheriff of nottingham level dying like throwing himself to the grind like Rah!
0: Oh, oh.
1: i was like that's <laughs> the sound at one point gazette,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> oh it's oh man he i think won an emmy for this performance and when i found it that out it. it blew my mind i was like what why <laughs>
1: but this i think this is the start of this stuff right and I, maybe maybe not the start of it right but around about 95, 96, uh, this is when in particular American studios would have big name actors show up on their specials, right? So Rickman shows up in this, right? Ian McKellen hadn't really massively broken big, but Rickman is a big star at this stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd just done Sense and Sensibility and got a Golden Globe and stuff like that, right? So he, he just just about he might even have been Oscar nominated, but he's a big star. And then he goes back and he does this. I think the same year Lonesome Dove come out with Robert Duvall and people like that in it. And they all got Emmys and tons of award buzz. And then it's after that, like you get all of these prestige mini series that we were watching back in like 1997, 1998. And I think this is around about the start of it where they were like, "Yeah, TV can also make movies with big name actors in it. And then that's led to, the golden era of TV we have from 2003 to what still going on really? Like,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. HBO really um, did that, and you know, as much as I like knock on Hallmark for being not good, you know, the the Crown Media stuff, some of that is is actually really quite good, and and a lot of the is for also from that same era of like the late 90s, it's, early
1: 00s and stuff. it's Hallmark the channel that has Lacey Chabert? Yeah. But oh, well, uh, I guess you'd never knock homework not with <laughs> Lacey there. She's America's sweetheart.
0: <laughs> uh but you know Crown Media does do like the more family drama stuff. Uh yeah. and and they would they would do it on like ABC on Sundays and some of it was quite treacly nonsense, but some of it was quite good. <laughs>
1: Well, that's that's something I never got to watch. I think the closest we would have come, and I think it was even a distribution company, is a lot of the movies that would have been lifetime movies for you guys in the states mm-hmm. would have were released over here on VHS by a company called Odyssey. Oh, okay. And so when you guys talk about lifetime movies, they were ne- they never showed up on Irish TV or British TV. The only right. way to watch them was on VHS, mm-hmm. and. Having just thinking back to a lot of the ones because, like, they were a real easy thing for like if my older brothers, because I was only a little kid, like, but if my older brothers were going um, to rent a, a video in 1996, 1997, it was really easy for them to get an Odyssey movie because as soon as they came home, my man would look at it and go, Odyssey, well, that's not going to have any sex or real mm-hmm, violence in mm-hmm. it. So you can show it to the rest of the family, i.e., a lifetime movie. And like looking at some of the names that I remember from Odyssey movies. And then I mention them, and people go, "Oh, eye for an eye." Oh no, that, that's a lifetime movie. I've seen that, mm-hmm. and so that's so that's where it's coming from. So yeah, a lot of that stuff that you're talking about, like Hallmark Crown and stuff, I've probably seen those underneath the Odyssey name at some stage. Oh, possibly. Oh man, we used to watch all that
0: stuff. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, the Hallmark things I'm thinking of is like, I don't know. We're going to lose the farm. We have to pull together kind of thing.
1: Yeah, we watched a lot of those movies. <laughs> that type of thing. Um, uh, and then every now and then you'd get the more serious ones like uh, uh, Death of a Cheerleader and stuff like that, which were clearly oh, yeah, American that's, made that's for TV time. movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we'd get them in Odyssey. It's like, oh, one mother would do anything for her daughter, <laughs> but the other mother would do anything for justice. <laughs>
0: yeah gosh i love I love life now. anyways <laughs> um he's he's dead quote unquote he's lying on the ground and they're like, uh okay, and then one of course guy, he's dead he made
1: this noise uh, 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 uh. uh
0: and then one of the guys is like it would be fun to kick him while he's down, so I'm just gonna do that for a bit. just laying in him
1: kind of cool. <laughs>
0: and then the other guy is like oh i need something to settle my nerves so he starts pouring himself a glass of wine
1: <laughs> cyanide laced wine what an idiot like.
0: and unfortunately the nephew sees it and he's like what are you an idiot no
1: get out, get some fresh air
0: so then they um did they carry the body out or well rasputin wakes up right because uh, it turns he out he's not dead out.
1: and then <laughs> goes on tries to run away and they come after him with guns and shoot him like another they three or four times as he's trying to close climb the gate and then they drop the body in the river and then we cut back to the zarina reading the letter and the letter says if i was killed by the populace the regular people don't worry about it you've got nothing to worry about but if i was killed by um nobility noble, yeah the, the rest of your family will be dead in two years or the like the rest of aristocracy would be gone in two years and just at that moment somebody comes in and goes we found his body and he was killed by you know the the nobles and that's when the Zarean's like we fucked
0: <laughs> i love that scene too because he's like by this person and it was like not like random yeah yeah right not someone who was in the nobility and she's like so relieved like okay we're fine And then he's like, and your nephew. And she's like, oh, no! My (laughs) nephew? But I've been
1: having an affair with him. (gasps) I mean, what? (laughs)
0: Uh, So now she knows they have two years. Uh, Then we see uh, people in the street trying to get bread and the guard says, oh, just uh, fire into the crowd to another guard and uh, the other guard doesn't and just shoots him instead. And that's and then, the
1: beginning of the uprising.
0: Yeah, and then we see a bunch of people in the palace, and um, that seems rather tense because there's like, you know, what looks it's like a ton hundreds. of soldiers
1: basically mm-hmm. filling up the thing. And the Czar, so they're they're still technically defending the Tsar, but they they know the writing's on the wall. Yeah, and um, and then the Tsar, obviously like he he walks through. But I, I thought he would, that's where they were going to get killed. Genuinely. Yeah, that was going to be the end of it. Like, But um, they managed to get through that and they get sent to a Berg to live in exile. Um, and then we get to the, the final scene, which is kind of horrible.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very horrible. You see their entire family and uh, doctor and servants all locked into a, a windowless room uh, with like, I don't know, six people who just start shooting at them.
1: Yeah, it's like they come down and you like we need to take your picture because people think you're dead in Moscow, uh, or Saint Petersburg, or wherever the capital is at the time. And I think it's Moscow at that stage. And then they came, they come down, uh, and they're sitting in this like closed room. And then they hear booted footsteps outside, and they open the door. I actually expected a regiment of guys with rifles to come in from the number of footsteps, but it's like yeah, eight yeah. guys yeah. with handguns, um, and they say you are sentenced to death for crimes against russia and then they shoot them
0: yeah and then we hear alexei's um voice over again um i don't i don't know what he says
1: yeah he basically says um that uh he he still doesn't understand why they hated us like what or what what we had done like and uh, rasputin was uh, was misunderstood because he was a good man or something like that it's like it's just like a closing, finishing epithet of a family dying. But like the last scene is the young boy who's been shot crawling around the ground, and then he flips up on his back and looks straight up into the sky as a guy is pointing a gun down at him. Like so, it's just it's not it's not a pleasant scene to watch.
0: No, certainly not. Um, and then we we get some text on the screen about the bodies.
1: Yeah, so they found the bodies in 1991 is what it says on the screen. So I think that's what they were doing with the movie at the beginning. And then it says that uh, Alexei's body and Maria's body were never, weren't found with them. Uh, and then it says that they were going to, um, Gorbachev had declared that they would get a state burial, a proper burial. But the Russian Orthodox Church refused to allow it.
0: That was like Yeltsin or someone.
1: Hmm. Somebody along those lines, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it was probably Yeltsin, yeah. Uh,
0: and the, I think they found the bodies in like 2003 or 2007.
1: Yeah. So they, they, at the time them, this film was made, they hadn't found the other two right. bodies, and then they found them like six or seven years later. Yeah. And it was from from what I can gather, it was legitimately like, what if we go dig, take a look over in that field over there? like so like they found the bodies like literally the field next door it's not like they oh, yeah. had to go looking for them it's yeah. like it was in a plot of land and there uh-huh. was 10 bodies and then somebody came along and was like but well, what if we just keep go? let's just go around and expand the search just a little bit and they expanded out mm-hmm. to the next field and they found another five graves mm. two of which were um alexis and maria's yeah that's it and that was the end of the movie so
0: that's
1: the movie Uh, one thing i would say with this is there was way less of rasputin in it than i assumed it would be from the name yeah like he's the main character but he's also at a lot of points a supporting character and then he's gone like because when he's in exile you don't really see him and there's lots of stuff happening in moscow or saint petersburg and then after he's dead there's still 15 minutes of the movie left like
0: that's yeah that's the thing that's strange because it's like alexi is kind of the main character because he's the one who narrates the whole thing narrates the whole thing yeah but you know there's plenty of things that he doesn't know that we get shown and including some of rasputin's life but then even after rasputin dies we continue on and even after alexi dies he's still providing narration so it's just like an interesting way to go about it i i don't know i i I i'm obviously i knew that they were going to be murdered but i kind of expected them to try to soften it in some way like sometimes they'll show it or allude to it and then they'll have like a flashback to a a happier time or something to kind of like Mm -hmm. leave you with something a little more hopeful but this case they were like We don't care if you feel hopeful. This is what happened.
1: This is this is the bad stuff that happened. Rasputin, who was touched by Mary, and we definitely said he was, (laughs) and then she abandoned him. And also, you know, he was maybe a weird, bad dude too. Possibly, but uh, what definitely happened is all of these Russian aristocracy were shot and killed.
0: Right. It was like we can't escape what happened. This is this is what occurred.
1: Um, what did you think of the movie overall Megan?
0: Um, I, I guess you can go to ratings. I'll I'll give it um like a four out of five. Um I, I like more of a naturalistic style of acting. And maybe oh. if everyone was doing something really as big as Alan Rickman was, maybe I'd get on more on board with a with everyone being extravagant. And and also everyone's accent is all over the place. Um also I think the nephew, because he's so important later, we should have gotten more of him, if yeah, he's going to be the even, one who murders our main character,
1: like maybe... Even one conversation yeah. earlier, like, yeah.
0: Because he gets, um, like, eight lines before the final scene where he kills him, so it's not like we know who this dude is, or what's motivating him at all.
1: When you say 4 to 5, is that 4 out of 5 for made-for-TV movies, or 4 out of 5 for movies... Because
0: yeah, I guess that's fair. Like, five out of five for made-for-TV movie.
1: Probably. Okay, Grant. Because well, in that case, I would give this a four out of five yeah. for a made-for-TV movie. Because I'm not giving Like, I can't say a four out of five. I gave Robin Hood Prince of Thieves four out of five this morning.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, and that is a vastly superior movie to this. But for a made-for-TV movie, that's an hour and 40 minutes long. It's good. Like, Good performances, well acted. There's clearly a huge budget went into it for this type of thing. Um, I mean, the sets look amazing. Like they they look like they're wandering around Russian palaces. They really Uh, do. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's amazingly well done. The actors are are fine. The the casting choices are weird. Some of the performance choices are weird, but at the same time, I, I genuinely enjoyed watching this
0: yeah it's i mean much it's, better it's than the gorgeous. pumpkin
1: movie the last time i was off
0: it was tulips
1: <laughs> <laughs> tulips <Two> sorry <laughs> tulips yeah
0: how dare you sir um <laughs> but yeah no i mean this is this is a bunch of talented people with a substantial budget doing what they do well Yes. so you know even if there's a couple of things where i was like oh i thought this part lagged or i thought you know this performance wasn't my cup of tea like it it's it's still extraordinarily well done
1: yeah and it's all on youtube which is like ease of finding something like this is always a good thing as far as i'm concerned yeah. so the <laughs> fact that you could just click a link and go i'm watching this on youtube at a decent quality like it's standard def from the mid 90s so like it's not you're not going to be seeing the pores in Alan Rickman's skin, right? <laughs> but it is, it's watchable, it's well acted and it it has, the story it's telling goes from A to B to C to D to E. Like, and I appreciate that in any movie where I don't have to make any weird leaps of faith. I don't necessarily agree that Rasputin was touched by Mary or whatever, but at least I understand where the movie's going. Whereas a lot of times when you're watching made for TV movies, it's like they—they they seem to have skipped like a giant logical leap in the middle of it, where you have to mm. go. Wait, why are they here now? Why did they go to the supermarket? Okay, that <laughs> or, doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, or the opposite problem where it's like, let me explain everything. Again. Everything, yes. Yeah. So this they this didn't feel like people trying to throw something together at the last minute. Like obviously a lot of care went into this, and. It's it's an actual movie. It 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 was on TV, but it's an actual movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. It actually so yeah, I would I would recommend it to your to your listeners.
0: Yeah. Um how about in terms of mockability?
1: Can I mock this? Yeah. Or
0: or or I've been killed.
1: To kiss me <laughs> is to kiss God himself. Uh yeah this is mockable it's it really is um yeah but the, the, it's pretty mockable the, the the slight russian accents the um and then surrounded by british accents and then rickman rickman it up in the middle yeah, yeah i could mm-hmm, i could take mm-hmm. the making of this
0: yeah I, th- I think i'd give it three out of five for mockability i don't know what we want to use to measure mockability this time um Oh, you froze. Are you there? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my internet. Am I back?
1: Yes, you're back. Oh. I was just about to send you a text message to say that you froze.
0: <laughs> my internet connection is unstable. Ah, okay. Um, sorry, I was just trying to think of, like, usually I'll say, like, you know, four to five tulips for mockability or something but i can't even think of like an object
1: oh, okay. three, out of, three, three out of five giant candles
0: oh there you go or three yeah. out
1: of five waving your willies around
0: <laughs> oh they'll go with candles
1: <laughs> <laughs> three out of five candles it is but uh, yeah i'd agree it's three out of five just anything with rickman in it just lends itself to being easily mocked because he's got such a particular voice
0: Yeah, he really does.
1: So it's 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 crying out for somebody to go whatever. And then also, like he convinces a group of women, like they call it a club at some stage to sleep with them by telling them that it's like sleeping with God Himself. Like anything any movie that contains sleeping with me is like sleeping with God. (laughs) Got to be mockable.
0: Yeah. And not to mention the whole, I'm a great man, let me show you my penis.
1: (laughs) Yeah i'm going over to the shop later if they ask me to pay i'm just gonna be like i'm a great man look at this and they're gonna say is it cold today and i'm gonna go i'm leaving
0: oh heavens okay well i think we did it we talked about this movie it's great and it was actually a good movie.
1: Which it was is actually genuine. Yeah. <laughs> is is there um is there a sequel? Resputin 2 <laughs> Dark Up from
0: revenge. the Grave. <laughs> uh, that would that would be interesting. I did notice I, I loved the movie Anastasia when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And um the uh costuming in that and the costuming in this Are like identical, so they must have both done like a lot of research into um, what they actually wore, and obviously they have like photographs and stuff. So um, that's kind of cool to know that the movie I grew up with may have had a tiny amount of, you know, uh, factual accuracy. (laughs) Anastasia, who is
1: finally a Disney princess now, because Disney bought Fox.
0: Oh well, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> in so the same they way own that a Xenomorph is a
1: Disney princess, right? Listen, a Xenomorph has always been a Disney princess to me. <laughs> that's even. There's one of them sitting over there on my countertop. <laughs> <It's> just <funny. laughs> you know, a beautiful
0: glowing oh, lips. <laughs> Did you put a little tiara on her?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that would be perfect. Just like uh, get a little, a little Robin to be looking down, talking to her in front uh-huh. of her, like she's like, I'm giving her instructions. <laughs>
0: well ollie where can the fine people find you
1: you can't none of you can find me ever right i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm this i'm actually coming from the dark web um the, that's why it that's what that glow around me is nobody can see this right but, but i'm literally like i'm in a spotlight i might as well do a, a tight five you on, do on look the dark like
0: web. A, yeah you do look like you're in a bunker somewhere
1: yeah it's pretty good well it's just because the lights went out and as we started talking the sun went down so the light switches just out of reach for me to turn on. But if you really want to see the exciting thing, is uh, last night I was down here and then um, my heating packed in. I got to fix this one, but I had a space heater marked down. And when I turn on the space here, oh, I get like a glowy evil vibe.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, you've got like, like a red vibe. What's going
1: on? Like and, uh, it looks like my shadow looks like this, like an angel of death or something like me <laughs> as well. But then, um, yeah, you can't find me, but I do. Guest on Sarah's podcast Because Sarah and myself are good friends. So if you want to, I used to be the co-host, but then life got in the way and I was too busy to do it. So uh, Media Evil, um, where Sarah discusses medieval set movies and talks about what to get right and what to get wrong. And maybe at some stage in the future, uh, Megan Griffin has asked me to do a podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Oh, which, that was on
0: for what like 15 years or something.
1: yeah see when she asked me she's like ollie do you want to like do you want to do a podcast about supernatural and i said i've never seen supernatural she goes, like, that's perfect because one of us can be an expert and the other person can be like a complete newbie and i was like grant she goes it's very similar to buffy the vampire slayer so I was like, all right, yeah, like I, like, I like Buffy. Mm-hmm. Five seasons, whatever. And then I find out that it's actually 17 seasons or 16 <laughs> seasons or something. So uh, that's why it's a, I might be doing it. If it was five seasons, I, I'd tell you now. I'll do it. but um. So maybe in the future, look out for uh, me doing a Supernatural podcast.
0: <laughs> and you don't do any of the social media, do you? you no, nope, not that. You
1: know? I, I mean, technically I've got an Instagram, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what I am on Instagram because I've never put a picture on it. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but like, look, look up Ollie Brady on Facebook. <laughs> That's fine. I won't. I won't accept your friend request. Or anything like that. No, you, not you haven't
0: even accepted my friend request. On I am strangers th- from the internet.
1: <laughs> the, the entire thing here, right? like, uh, people are always going, to me, and, and every now and then I get a message going, what about my friend request. I sent it six months ago." It's like you can just send me a message. You don't like. I don't have to accept your friend request to be your friend. Like. <laughs> You can still see me on Facebook and stuff like that. It's just I, I, just the reason I don't isn't me being thick or anything like this here. But I use Facebook for very specifically keeping in contact with people. So if it if there's a bunch of friends because when I first went on the Facebook I had you know two hundred plus friends or whatever and you couldn't turn it on but like you couldn't get to see the stuff that you really wanted to see because everything was popping up and I've just got into the habit of just not looking at people's feeds anymore. And anybody I'm friends, and I'm sorry if any of my friends are listening on Facebook, but like it's hidden. I can't see you unless I specifically go looking for you because I use it 100% of the time to do one specific function. So, but yeah, send me a, send me a Facebook request. I put you in my pile. (laughs)
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, watching this movie with, with me and uh, being on. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I look forward to coming back. If I come back, can we do uh, can we do one of the um, the made for TV spy movies that um, Pierce Brosnan did before he was James Bond?
0: Oh, I, so I don't even know about there is, them. But if you can find them, then yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I oh, don't, don't you worry. <laughs> I can find them. There's one yeah. called Death Train, based on uh, the mm-hmm. Alexander McLean novel. Uh, and then there's another one called Nightwatch, which is about uh, them stealing the famous painting Nightwatch. Mm. And um, and he is a spy who is both an alcoholic, American and British and irish and alexandra paul from baywatch is his like assistant friend person (laughs) it's it it sounds really bad but it's it's approaching good
0: interesting (laughs) yeah
1: so if you're ever stuck for a movie just give me a shout and we can do one of those
0: sounds good um I wanted to give a special shout out to uh, Jacob Holler for becoming a um, Patreon member for the show. If you want to uh, give me a dime, you can go to patreon.com and search for Not Another Bad Movie Podcast. If you could rate and review and subscribe and all those good things and tell your friends, I'm at notanotherbadmoviepodcast.libsyn.com. Um, or all the usual podcast spots. And you can email the show if you want. Not another bad movie podcast at gmail.com. And follow me on Twitter at NABM podcast. That might be right. Let's see if I'm right. Do, 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 and don't forget do, to join do,
1: do, Megan's TikTok um she's just been getting up she was telling me she's learned a wap dance um <laughs> slander sir
0: yes no it's podcast
1: <laughs> my students are constantly on to me about tick mr breathing would you ever do tiktok would you ever make a tiktok no <laughs> no i won't
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh do not have a tiktok uh i don't have a snapchat i tried to make an instagram account for uh the show but i messed up and i accidentally set my personal instagram to be the show instagram and i didn't end (laughs) up making a separate instagram so i'm just bad at technology guys i'm sorry Um, but you can still follow me on twitter at nabm podcast uh i occasionally will give my thoughts on whatever i'm watching but more than likely it's just going to continue to be like hey this person was on and you can listen to it here at this link <laughs> so it's a good follow because that's, you're not gonna that's all twitter needs to be yeah 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 i'm not gonna like give you every political thought i have in my mind like don't worry about it it's it's real chill uh also shout out to mike Bustios who wrote the intro and uh extra song is that what you call the song
1: I, ends. I, I'm. Let's just say it's extra. Um, yeah, I, I'm assuming it's extra. Sure. Let's call it the exfil because it's how you escape from something. <laughs> we're, we're exfiltrating the, the podcast. There we go.
0: Uh, thanks again, Ollie. Bye, everybody. We'll see you
1: in a month. And I'm waving. <laughs> <laughs>